0: Read me romance, read, read me romance, read me romance, read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind. And read me romance, read, read me romance.
1: This episode of Read Me Romance is brought to you by Thanksgiving. You hereby have our permission to eat the whole damn pie. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Read Me Romance. It's me, Tessa Bailey. I'm here to play the fourth section of Claire Contreras's Fake Love. Uh, but I did want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. If you celebrate, if you don't celebrate, have a happy day regardless of what you're doing. But uh, for those of us that celebrate, I hope everybody has a great um, family-oriented, pie-oriented turkey just smorgasbord fest. Uh, I know I'm going to do that. What do you guys do for Thanksgiving? I go to a bar in lower Manhattan. <laughs> my uncle works at a bar called Walker's in like the Tribeca area of Manhattan. And my family, who kind of like lives all over like New Jersey and Queens and Long, Long Island, It's kind of like a central meeting spot. So everybody brings a dish and we meet at a bar and we set up like kind of a potluck and it's kind of a fun tradition. We love it. I'm usually only trusted with like the wine, like I can bring the wine and maybe some cookies from the bakery, but uh, nobody trusts me with any actual cooking, which is, uh, I don't really blame them. That's probably not a bad idea to just <laughs> give me the least amount of responsibility possible. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and play the fourth uh, installment of Claire Contreras's Fake Love. I hope you guys are enjoying this as much as I am, and I will catch you on the other side of the episode. Enjoy. Chapter five.
0: I'm surprised he dropped you off, Yvette said. We were sitting across from each other in her dining room, and I just spilled my guts about what had happened in the fitting room. She didn't seem surprised at all. Amused, possibly, but not surprised. Well, he had no choice. His dad called, asking him to go over with some questions about some design they're working on does that mean he's coming back later? I shrugged. I don't know. I didn't tell him to. How do you feel after the hookup? Like an idiot. I nod on my lip. I don't want this to become a booty call. I mean, that's what I was trying to avoid when I left. And even if I wanted to entertain that now that I have no time for anything, I live too far for that to work. Maybe now would be a good time to tell him how you feel. My eyes widened. It'll change things. Don't you think it's too late for that? I sighed, nodding. She was right. Everything had changed. I couldn't stand beside him without feeling this electricity between us. I couldn't hold his hand without my pulse quickening. And I definitely couldn't kiss him and pretend it meant nothing to me. I took a deep breath and let it out. Next time I see him, I'll tell him. Good luck, she stood up and gave me a quick hug. I have to run, Devon is meeting me at the brewery to discuss flooring. That sounds fun. I would ask you to come with, but I think you seriously need to catch up on sleep. Good call, I yawned and headed to the guest bedroom. I woke up to my phone vibrating beside me and answered it without looking at the screen. Only three people called me my mom, Yvette, and Corey. So when I heard his voice say hello, I wasn't surprised. You were sleeping? Mm hmm. My eyes were still closed and the room was dark. I haven't slept that much in like a year. Nine months, he countered. When you were living here, you were sleeping just fine. My eyes popped open at that statement. So, what's up? I want to come by and pick you up. Oh, I looked around in the darkness, at nothing in particular. For dinner? He chuckled. I can take you to dinner, yes, but I meant so you can stay at home with me. At home? at our place. Your place, I said. My name isn't even on the lease. Do you want it to be? What? No, of course not, I frowned. What were we even talking about right now? Of course not. He sounded offended. Corey, I sighed. I don't even live here. But you will, right? You're coming back once you're finished with your residency. Right, but that's not for another two years. One and a half, he said. I felt my eyebrows raise in surprise. Someone had been paying attention after all. Why do you need my name on the lease? Are you planning on getting abducted by aliens? No, I gave up hope with that. If it didn't happen when we built that fake spacecraft and slept in the backyard for two days, I highly doubt it's going to happen at all. That made me laugh. You're probably right. We used all of your mom's aluminum foil on that spacecraft. It's a wonder we didn't get electrocuted. The smile I heard in his voice made me smile too. So dinner and then our place? Your place, I whispered. Our place makes it sound like we're together. I couldn't believe I'd said that aloud. He was quiet for a moment, which only further approved my point that things were going to change the minute I told him how I felt about him. When he spoke again, it was to say, I'm outside. What? I sat up in bed. I haven't even agreed to dinner. Ev, he chuckled. When have you ever turned down food? I scowled as I got out of bed, but he had a point. Food was my weakness there was no use in denying it. Besides, he was acting normal now, as if he'd forgotten about what happened in the fitting room just hours ago. Maybe it was time to put the messiness behind us and act like friends again. Real friends, not the kind that casually hook up. I still had the phone pressed to my ear, even though neither one of us was saying anything when I reached the kitchen. I'm buzzing you up. I pushed the button and heard the click on the other end of the line. For the record, I don't think we need to go back to your place after dinner. We'll discuss that in a bit. There's nothing to discuss. I already said what I had to say about it. I was getting irritated at this entire thing mostly at myself, because I didn't know how to just come out and tell him that I couldn't do this back and forth thing any longer, because I couldn't bear to see him with another woman. If you need someone to co-sign, ask Veronica. I'm sure she'd be happy to oblige. He chuckled into the line. I rolled my eyes, getting more upset by the second. I'm glad you find me amusing, but I'm dead serious. I don't need more complications in my life right now. I'm tired, overworked, and- Evelyn, what? Open the door. I let out a breath, walked over to the front door, unlocked, and opened. He was standing on the other side with a grin on his face. A sexy, charming grin that was unlawful and shouldn't make my insides quiver the way it did. I hung up the phone and opened my mouth to continue my rant as he lowered his own phone and put it in his pocket, but he stepped forward, grabbed me by the back of the neck, and kissed me. It was an unexpected kiss. I closed my eyes only when I felt his tongue slide into my mouth. Then I lost all hesitation and gave in to the kiss. It was soft, yet needy, as if he couldn't get enough of my mouth. It was a plea, though I couldn't imagine what he'd be asking. My heart was pounding so hard, the butterflies in my stomach so alive that I could barely part from the kiss. But I did because I had to. I had to stop this madness. His eyes were as wild as his hair, which I'd completely disheveled in the midst of the kiss. We can't do this anymore, I said, nearly panting we can't just keep. He cut me off with another kiss, this time deeper, wilder. He moved and pushed me against the closed door, my head thumping against it loud enough that I was sure if there was someone walking by on the other side, they'd hear it. My legs came up on their own accord and wrapped around his waist. He was a ventriloquist and my body was his puppet, following orders given by his touch. I ground against the hardness I found in his jeans and moaned. "Ev," he said, a warning against my lips. And that was all I needed to push me over the edge. The way he said my name fueled the part of my brain that couldn't see reason when it came to him. It egged me on, making me continue to grind, continue to take what his mouth was offering, what his fingers were promising as they inched under the loose collegiate t-shirt I was wearing. Please don't stop, I said against his mouth. Won't. He set me down for a moment, but only to peel down the tiny shorts and underwear I was wearing. Then he was lifting me up again and devouring my mouth, his fingers on my nipples as I reached for his jeans, unbuttoning and unzipping. Tell me you're still on the pill. He pulled back slightly to look at my face. I nodded. You know I. I broke into his sentence with a kiss as he lowered his jeans and boxer briefs. I didn't need him to confirm that he was clean. I didn't need him to confirm that he didn't have sex without a condom. I knew him well enough to know those things. I definitely didn't want to know whether or not he'd had sex during the time we'd been apart. It's not like we'd ever set boundaries to this fake engagement. We hadn't made promises or... All train of thought left my mind when he pushed inside of me. I gasped loudly. I'd forgotten how he felt, his girth, his length. I'd forgotten how easily he could take my breath away with just one thrust. Ev, look at me. His mouth was on mine, his tongue delving in for a long, mind-blowing kiss. I need you to look at me when I'm inside of you. He groaned as he continued to thrust deep inside of me, his hands gripping the backs of my thighs to keep me up and match his relentless rhythm. I looked at him then, even though I didn't want to. I wanted to keep myself reserved, my emotions at bay. I wanted to make this about sex, just sex, which I hadn't had in exactly nine months with him. I wanted to wish my feelings for him away, but it was impossible. It was impossible to not get lost in the vastness of his blue eyes. It was impossible to ignore the emotions I saw reflected back at me. It was impossible, as he fucked me against the door of my best friend's apartment, to think about not doing this again. Corey, I can't, we can't, I started to say. But then he brought a hand between us and started to draw circles over my clit as he slowed his tempo. I can't stop thinking about this. He growled the words against my throat. I can't stop dreaming about being inside of you like this, so fucking deep inside of you. He rubbed faster, pushed further into me. My head fell back and he took advantage of my exposed throat to lick and suck. Don't tell me we can't do this, Ev. Don't tell me I can't get lost in you like this. I couldn't tell him even if I tried. I was out of words, my throat hoarse from moaning so loud, from saying his name continuously as he claimed me. When I felt that unmistakable build inside of me, I found myself screaming, Cory, don't stop, please don't stop. And he didn't. His tempo increased faster, harder, until he was chanting my name over and over as he emptied himself inside of me. He leaned in and kissed my lips softly, as if he didn't want this moment to come to an end. We should, I cleared my throat. I don't know when Yvette's coming home. Right. He set me down gently and waited until I had my footing before rushing to the kitchen and coming back with a paper towel to put between my legs. I meant what I said. He looked me in the eye as I cleaned myself up. I can't stop thinking about you. Corey. I sighed, walking away to finish writing myself before we had the inevitable conversation. I walked toward the guest room. He followed. We really need to talk. I agree. He sat on the bed as I undressed and redressed quickly. Mana wants to see you while you're here. I just told you we need to talk. And I told you I agree. But that doesn't change the fact that my grandmother wants to see you. I whipped around to face him. We can't do this again. What? This. I signaled between us. Hook up and then act like we're still just best friends. Why can't we still be friends? It has to be one or the other. Why? He stood up, frowning. Why can't we have both? Because we can't, okay? Because best friends don't fuck against doors or hook up in random dressing rooms. He stared at me for a long moment. I crossed my arms, waiting. I wouldn't concede, not on something that was obviously affecting me more than I cared to admit. I don't think I can stop wanting you, he said quietly. I don't think I can stop wanting to kiss you every time I see you. Can't you see why that's a problem? For who? For me. I was being loud again, but I couldn't say these things in a restricted tone. I can't keep pretending that I'm okay hooking up or pretending to be your girlfriend or fiance and then put on the back burner while you actually date other people. You asked me to be your fake boyfriend first. His brows rose as if he was surprised with my outburst, as if this would have never in a million years crossed his mind. You wanted to make that Chris guy jealous, remember? That's not the point. What's the point? He stepped forward, closer to me, his eyes never once leaving mine. I want to hear you say it. My pulse was raging in my ears. The powerful thing about thoughts is that they change your viewpoint on things. But when those thoughts become words that you speak aloud, there's no way of getting them back. I felt like our entire friendship was being balanced on my next words, and they could either bring us together or tear us apart completely. Still, I pushed forward. I love you, and not in a best friends kind of way, in a real love kind of way. And I wish I could stop, but it's not something I can just wish away. I felt tears sting my eyes as I finally said the words. I thought this last month without talking to you would do the trick, but it didn't. Every time something spectacular happened at work, I wanted to reach for the phone and call you to tell you about it. Why didn't you? He brought his hand to mine and held it between us. Why didn't you call me? Because you stopped calling me. I shrugged. You were so angry every time I spoke to you that I figured calling you would only piss you off more, and I never want to be the reason you're upset. He shook his head. You never were. And now that I've been forced to see you again, I just, I wish we could go back to the way things were before we hooked up that first time, before we hooked up this last time. I scoffed, reaching up with my free hand and wiping a tear from my face. And I'm sorry that I've officially ruined our friendship. Evelyn. I blinked. What? I've been in love with you most of my life. I pulled back, letting go of his hand. What about Veronica? Oh my God. He rolled his eyes. Veronica? Really? Yes, really. You put everything on hold for her. Everything except you. Including me. I raised an eyebrow, crossing my arms again. When I told you I was leaving, she called and you took the call and left the room. I left the room because I needed a distraction, because my emotions were going haywire and I didn't want to accept that you'd be leaving. She broke it off with her fiance. I don't care. He took a step forward. I rolled my eyes. He brought both hands up and grabbed my arms. I don't care if she broke up with him or if she went and married a prince tomorrow. I don't care because this last year, the only person who seems to drive me past the point of sanity is you. The person I go to sleep thinking about is you. So why haven't you called? I wanted to give you space, he said. Every time I hear your voice, knowing I can't see you, touch you, smell you, it drives me crazy. You keep reminding me our engagement is fake, and I can't bear that reality because I want it to be real so fucking badly. Corey. I uncrossed my arms. My chest felt like it was being overloaded with emotions, and I wasn't quite sure how to handle all of it. I never asked for space. I'm sorry I assumed, he chuckled, shaking his head. I can't believe this. Neither can I. Yvette's been telling me for over a year to tell you how I feel, and I'd been scared it would change everything. He stepped forward, his hand on my hip. It does change everything. Yeah? I smiled because he was smiling, and I knew that smile meant he was happy beyond belief. This means you definitely need to co-sign my lease. He brought his lips to the side of my neck. I laughed. And I'll have to come visit every weekend. I haven't agreed to either of those things. But you want to. He pulled back and met my gaze, eyes twinkling. I nodded, I want to. Chapter six. The wedding was beautiful and expensive as fuck. I mean, I'd been expecting the latter after seeing Monica and Andrew's place, but I hadn't expected a ceremony at St. Patrick's Cathedral and a reception at the plaza. I sat beside Yvette and Devon as we waited for the DJ to announce the happy couple. Corey was part of the wedding party, which meant I'd only caught a few glimpses of him through the night. Devon stood up while I was still admiring the larger than life centerpieces. You ladies want something from the bar? I looked up with a smile. I'll have water for now. Thanks, though. He nodded and looked at Yvette. Yvette? Red wine, please. She smiled and swiveled toward me in her seat as he walked away. You two look smitten again, I commented. We're working on things. That's promising. I reached for the water in front of me. Does that mean you're not moving out? Actually, we're moving to Brooklyn, she laughed. He found a nice little place. Define little, I set down my glass. It's a two-bedroom. Where? Dumbo? Oh, just a little two-bedroom in Dumbo that probably costs more than Harvard Medical School, I said. No big deal. Yvette laughed. It's an old building. It needs renovation. I didn't realize those still existed in that area. You'd be surprised. She nudged my shoulder, still laughing how are things going with you and Corey? I noticed you're not wearing your engagement ring tonight. I wiggled my left hand. I wasn't going to lie, I felt naked without it, but I wasn't going to wear a fake engagement ring. The next time I wore it, it would be because he asked for real, with no pretenses. As it is, it was taking time to accept that we were really doing this. We were really holding hands in public, kissing in public, and acting like a normal, loving couple. Devin came back to the table with Yvette's wine and his own drink, and we started talking about the brewery. If it does as well as I think it'll do by the end of next year, I may quit my job, he said. Yvette's head whipped in his direction. What? Just a thought, he shrugged. You're always saying I work too many hours and never have time for you. But you also make great money, she responded. Would you really quit? Only if we're doing as well as I think we will be. He leaned in and kissed her forehead. Stop worrying, babe, we'll discuss this again when we get there. She took a long deep breath, followed by a long gulp of wine. It's crazy, but I like that idea. I looked away, not wanting to intrude on their moment any more than I already had. I waved at Corey's grandmother, who was sitting a few tables down, and his parents. I'd have to go over and say hi once Corey got back here. As I looked around the room, my eyes found Veronica, and I stilled. I glanced at Yvette, but she was having a whispered conversation with Devin and smiling. The doors opened and the bridal party was finally announced. The entire room stood and cheered and cheered louder when the bride and groom walked through the doors. They had their first dance, then the father-daughter dance, and soon everyone was invited to the dance floor. We were still standing, cheering everyone on when my eyes met Corey's. It felt like the room quieted, time stopped as he made his way to our table. I watched as Veronica walked over to him with a flirty smile on her face. She was that woman, the one who flirted even when she wasn't really flirting. But she always went above and beyond when it came to Corey. I couldn't say I blamed her, but it bothered the hell out of me as I stood there and watched. I couldn't make out what they were saying to each other, but they were both smiling. And soon, she started moving her body as if to start dancing with him. I gripped the top of the Tiffany chair beside me. We'd had lengthy conversations about her and his friendship with her these last few days, and I'd decided I was okay with it. But as I stood there, I knew I wasn't. He seemed to read my mind, because when he looked up, he stopped smiling immediately and said something to her that made her stop moving. She looked over at me, frowning, back at him and smiled again. They hugged, one that lasted two seconds too long for my liking. And then he continued walking toward me. The room was no longer quiet as he closed the gap between us. It was blaring, noise roaring in my ears. Evelyn? It was a warning tone. I narrowed my eyes at him. He shook his head. Don't go there. I went there the moment you stood in front of her smiling like an idiot at whatever idiotic thing she was saying. He chuckled. I love you. I'm not the one who needs that reminder. And you think I do? Maybe. I glanced away. Maybe I should go dance with one of these single guys and see how you feel about it. I can tell you right now how I'd feel about it. He brought his hand to my waist and stood directly in front of me. I'd be very, very upset. Maybe I should ask one of them to be my fake date for the night. I met his gaze. He smiled. Yeah. Why not? I mean, you'd be surprised the kinds of relationships that develop from fake situations. He brushed his lips against mine, and I felt my anger begin to dissipate. I never faked anything with you, Ev. Do I need to remind you of all the fake relationships I've been in over the years? Do I need to remind you that you've been in all of those relationships with me? No, I bit his lower lip. He groaned. We should get out of here. You have a speech to make. Fuck speeches. He kissed me hard and deep. I'd rather be doing something else right now. Hmm. Something that doesn't include faking things. And how are you so sure I haven't faked anything when it comes to that? I smiled against his lips. I know because I know every sound you make. I know your exhausted groan and your moan of ecstasy when I'm licking your. Cory. We both jumped away from each other at the sound of his name. He looked to his right. Nan, you scared the hell out of me. That's because you two are over here making out like a pair of rabbits and you haven't even said hi to us. Pretty sure that's not the example they use rabbits for, but we get your point. He sighed, putting his arm around my waist. Let's go say hi to my parents before they come over here too. You look lovely, Nana, I said. She beamed. You look like a doll, Evelyn. We walked over to the table she'd been sitting in and said hi to his parents. They both stood up to greet me with huge bear hugs. Dr. Evelyn Estefan, his mom smiled wide. We are just so proud of you. How much longer until you move back, his dad asked. A year and a half, Corey said. I guess we can wait that long to welcome our grandbabies, his mom said. My eyes widened. I mean, we have all sorts of things to do before we get to that step. Not that many steps. Corey said, grinning. Corey? He chuckled. What? I'm just saying. Evelyn is right to want to get married before starting a family, Nana added. See, it's not a crazy thought. I'd marry you tomorrow if you'd let me, he said. His eyes were no longer twinkling, no sign of amusement in them. My heart sped up. I'd marry you right now. Oh, that’s so sweet, Nan said at the same time his mom said, "That’s my baby." I was leaning in to kiss him when Monica got on the microphone and said, "Toast time!" Corey and I seemed to be glued to our spot, but his mom, or maybe his dad or Nan, managed to snap us out of it and get him to walk over to the stage. I watched as he made his way over there and walked up the steps. Taking the microphone from Monica. He smiled, leaned down, and kissed her on the top of the head. These speeches are always awkward. At least I think they are, and this is my first time giving one. He chuckled. Mon, you've been bothering the hell out of me since you were born, which was promptly one month after I was. And I'm not calling either of us old, but that's a hell of a long time now. The crowd laughed. Corey laughed too, and then he got serious. I've seen Monica go through a lot of stages in her life, and those stages brought their share of boyfriends, even though she always insisted that she would never, ever get married. He shot her a look that made the crowd laugh again. But in all seriousness, I've never seen her as happy as she's been these last few months. And I know that sounds like the same cliche everyone says at weddings, but It's true, he paused. There's a running joke in our family about commitment. We're always slow to get there, but once we find the one, there's no going back. And that's how I know that you guys will be married forever. He looked at Andrew. Sorry, bud, you're stuck with her. The crowd laughed again, I smiled. Corey looked up, seemingly in our direction. I've already found my one, and I can only hope that someday, very soon, Monica will be standing up here giving a similar speech for us. May you enjoy a healthy and happy marriage. We all toasted to that. I walked back to our table and sat down beside Yvette again. She was giving me an expectant look when I got there. Was I not invited to the fake wedding? I smiled. There is none. There's no wedding at all, actually. Well, it seems like there may be one very soon. Not a fake one. The words came from Corey, who startled both of us. Nice speech, man, Devin said. Thanks. Corey took a seat next to me and leaned in to speak to Yvette without shouting. Nothing about our wedding will be fake. You're not even real engaged yet. She raised an eyebrow. We will be soon. If I accept, I said, feeling the need to add something. Corey kissed the top of my shoulder. If she accepts.
1: Okay, welcome back. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Tomorrow we're going to play the final installment of Fake Love by Claire Contreras. Like, spoiler alert, there's going to be happily ever after and you don't want to miss it. It's so cute. The pre-order for Fake Love is up now. The link is in the the episode description for the ebook. Kaleidoscope Hearts by Claire Contreras is still on sale. Uh, Sorry, it's free, like F-R-E-E free. You don't want to miss that. And The Consequences of Falling is coming soon by Claire. I think I put the Goodreads and BookBub links in the uh, episode description. So go ahead and click on those. Make sure you don't miss that release. It's coming in December. And... In the meantime, readmeromance.com has a giveaway going on right now, an Amazon gift card from Claire. Follow us at readmeromance on Instagram. We put up lots of funny behind-the-scenes stuff and pictures of the three of us being goobers, which is pretty much all the time. And we'll be back tomorrow with Alexa Riley and me. So uh, rate, review, subscribe. We love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye.